Hey guys, it's Sammy and Robbie back again to tell you about another upcoming con. And we're super excited about this one. Mm-hmm. It's another Indiana one. This one is Pop Con, Indie Pop Con to be exact. And it's going to be in Indianapolis, again at the Convention Center. Indiana Convention Center. Right in downtown Indianapolis. And Robbie will be there April 26th through the 28th. Yes. We were just at the Indiana Comic-Con, so if you missed us, Mm -hmm. you get a chance to meet us again Mm -hmm. at PopCon. Yes. Well, at least Robbie. At least me. Ashley will be there. Oh, yeah. Ashley will be there. That's an exciting thing. Ashley will be there, so you get to meet a lot of us on the network. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two-thirds. Two-thirds of it, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, if you're coming to the show, please stop by the Limitless Broadcasting booth. Mm -hmm. We're always excited to see you. All right. Oh, my God. Well, I guess we'll see you guys at the show. Bye. Bye. You're listening to the Limitless Broadcasting Network. This is Robbie Reviews. I feel the need. The need for speed. I'm going to make an offer again. Life was like a box of chocolates. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss First it. First rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. So, oh, I'll be back. Green, for lack of a better word, is good. Show me the clothes that we're doing, we don't need clothes. Hello guys, and welcome to another episode of Robbie's Reviews. Today, I'm joined with a special guest, Sammy. Once again. Once again. Roped into this. I know, I rope her into things. And today, we are discussing Oppenheimer. Mm -hmm. This is a national emergency. Detonator's charged. in a race against the Nazis. And I know what it means if the Nazis have a bomb. Are we saying there's a chance that when we push that button, we destroy the world? Chances are near zero. Near zero. What do you want for theory alone? Zero would be nice. The world will remember this day. Our work here will ensure a peace mankind has never seen. Until somebody builds a bigger one. You are the man who gave them the power to destroy themselves. And the world is not prepared. to know what's next. Two, what's next? One. We saw it last night. Very cool. But let me give you a synopsis of it. 
During World War II, Lieutenant General Leslie Groves Jr. appoints physicist J. Robert Oppenheimer to work on the top secret Manhattan Project. Oppenheimer and a team of scientists spend years developing and designing the atomic bomb. Their work comes to fruition on July 16, 1945, as they witnessed the world's first nuclear explosion forever changing the course of history. Mm-hmm. This movie is R-rated, nudity, language, and some sexuality, genre, history, drama, and biography. Director Christopher Nolan, of uh, producer Emma Thompson, Thomas, Thomas, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. uh, Charles Robin, mm-hmm. Christopher Nolan, written by Christopher did Nolan. You know that? I, I did not know it was written. It. Yeah. Um, release date is July 21st, 2023, worldwide. Mm-hmm. Box office gross is 285.4 million. Mm-hmm. Running time, and it's three hours. We'll get into that. Mm-hmm. Distributor is Universal Pictures. Production company is Atlantis Atlas, Atlas uh, Entertainment. And Syncope? I've never heard of Syncope. Uh, they're an independent. Oh. Rotten Tomatoes, 93% for... Is that critics? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Critics are 93% and audience is 91%. That's high. Oh. Very high. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we just saw this last night. It's fresh in your mind. Mm-hmm. We, we went to a later showing. So we went to the 930 showing at Disney Springs. Which really means the movie started at like 10. 10. And we didn't, we didn't get out till about one o'clock. Yes. So when you first started sitting down, what did you think of the movie? I mean, I really, like we saw previews and I remember when they were running the previews earlier in the summer for Oppenheimer. Um, You know, they had uh, the main actor, Cillian. Yeah. Right. Um, They, I don't know, like I knew it was going to be like about the bomb, right? The atomic bomb. But I didn't really know much about like what the movie was going to entail right so you know when it first started it kind of goes like back and forth between i guess it's present black and white is supposed to be like this is happening like now i guess no the black and white happened in the past no the black and white because they had the hearing that was the last thing because the hearing with okay so the so the black and white was it was like current current yeah times okay. or most most recent times and so you know i was a little confused at first about what exactly was going on because they were kind of going back and forth so we went back in time and of course the makeup and the the colors helped too because right. the actors look younger and then they look visibly older with the makeup so right. it's helping you to kind of place where we are in time with that too right but yeah i wasn't too sure about what we were getting into and I didn't know we were going to start the movie with Oppenheimer as like a student. Right. And kind of as go a student and then not professor. long. Like, yeah, he was only a student. Like it was a very short amount of time. They showed him as a student. Right. And he he, was... They were like, how do you, you need to study under so-and-so. And, so, and mm-hmm. this is with the, the whole Apple, like 
he supposedly was going to poison his uh, teacher. Yeah, the professor. But, but nobody knows if that's accurate or mm -hmm. correct. So take that part of it with a grain of salt. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we did start out as him as a student. But mm -hmm. he must have taken everybody's advice and said, oh, you know, I'm going to go to Germany and study under this guy and that guy. Mm -hmm. So he became a, a scientist, a theoretical scientist. Yeah, and they jump into this hearing that's going on with him where he's basically being interrogated. So... You kind of get bits of the story in multiple ways, whether he's talking about it or Strauss is talking about it, or you're just watching it happen on screen. So there's a lot of so in this part together. we're talking like the McCarthy area, like uh, communists in Hollywood yeah, that's and a things big, like that. A big thing, yeah. and that's a big thing during this time, and it was a big thing in our, in the United States at one time. Mm -hmm. If you look back, I mean, we're not too far away from that time period, McCarthyism. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that was really right around the corner. If mm -hmm. you think about it, mm -hmm. all this took place not that long ago in history. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when they bring it to the screen, you're like, it kind of blows your mind. Mm -hmm. And it's very interesting because Oppenheimer went to a lot of the meetings, but I guess he never officially joined the Communist Party, but his brother did. Right. But he was clearly friends with dating people in that crowd. With the communists and then he would work with student rallies on campus that wanted to like unionize on you know for pay and lab work and that was a whole big thing you shouldn't be doing in that mm. time frame and now look at today and uh the whole hollywood strike yeah. and everything what they what they would say mm -hmm. at this point in time i thought that was really interesting that was like a big like no no like you shouldn't be joining this or pushing this on campus we shouldn't be encouraging because uh, Josh Hartnett's um, character, that scientist. Right. I can't remember his name right now. But, you know, he's basically telling him, like, what are you doing? You can't be involved in projects if you're out here trying to encourage them to do the unions. Right. Now, and it's so interesting now because they use unions to really try and fight for workers' rights. and Right. Yeah, it's Look how times super have interesting. Yeah, now it's a lot more accepted and people push it more. Right. Back then it was, like, taboo. What did you think of the actual story of this? It was super interesting. I basically knew nothing. Yeah, going this. into this, I didn't know anything. Yeah, I didn't really know anything about Oppenheimer. I'm going to be honest with you, like literally nothing. So I learned a lot about him. Right. And yes. this is something we actually, when were we talking about this? On Oh, with Hamilton. We just did the an episode on Hamilton with the Pixie Dust Twins. Okay. I promise it makes sense. So we were talking about Hamilton and one of the things in the musical they sh we were talking about how they're showing these founding fathers in particular it's about hamilton but there's other founding fathers in there right but they're people so people do sometimes scummy things they're right. not black and white they're not these like gods you know no, right do no they're wrong human beings they yes make mistakes yeah we talked about in particular with like hamilton because hamilton was like a womanizer and he cheated on his wife and did things that well, so was Oppenheimer. And I was just going to say, and Oppenheimer kind of was a scumbag <laughs> to his wife. I mean, like, I didn't appreciate that, but it's true to his story and who he was as a person. And, I mean, let's be honest, especially back in the day, it was just more like you can do whatever you wanted. And then the women were just kind of like, it's fine, I guess. I'll well, just put up with your cheating you, ways. Aren't you glad Christopher Nolan put this in the picture so it 
mm-hmm. painted the full picture. I no, that's what I'm saying. Like I, he's a real person with real flaws. And right. Did some crappy things. He lied about what was going on in some cases with, um, with because they they were talking about how like he made up that whole story when he was talking to one of the generals. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like he he makes up stories. Like he. he well, he always... he did that to protect his friends. And I know he was. And he was trying to protect different people. Right. But he still lied but to he still a lied. Like, U.S. official. I mean, you know, but the only thing I don't, and I, I generally just don't care for this in movies and shows, is they were showing him with, uh, what's her name? Jean, right? That was Florence Pugh's character. Uh-huh. Jean. Some of the, the scenes with her, I was like, I don't know that we had to film it that way. Like, the nudity, the sex scenes. I understand they were having, they were dating and having an affair. And he went back to her and slept with her when he was clearly married with kids at one point when he was older. Uh-huh. I understand that. But sometimes the way it's filmed, it's like, I don't need the like whole graphic nudity thing to get the point across. Do you know like, what I mean? Like, you don't like, want see, to see uh, her boobs hanging out. Yeah. And I know Florence Pugh is Florence certainly Pugh. comfortable with it. And I have no problem with that aspect you know it's not like i think she was probably forced in, to do it in a scene or didn't well she probably got paid it. a lot of money to do that yeah but my whole point is like was it well necessary for the movie i feel like you can do things in a more subtle way and still get the point across and we like again i'm so sorry because i know you were not like into hamilton but we were talking about some of the songs in hamilton there was like one where hamilton's blatantly cheating on his wife and they talk about it and but the way they do the song you know, it's as a musical. They're not going to be stripping off their clothes in the middle of the musical, right? But there was so much intimacy there. With, you could feel it. You know, it came across. You got the tension there, the sexual tension, without having to have somebody just be well, nude in a scene to be nude. Well, in a scene. this is this is where commerce and entertainment come because these are this is a visual medium. And I don't disagree, but I think sometimes you can do the visual medium without it being so in your face. And again. I'm sure Florence Pugh is fine with it. She's beautiful. It's it's not that. It's just I'm like, what is this really adding to the movie? Like, did I think you it, have to I film think, it this way? I think the reason why they're doing that is to kind of drive it home. Obviously not to you, but to other people in the audience need that visual. And that may be. Yeah. You know, imagery mm-hmm. to say this is actually what's going on. And let's be honest, people especially when it comes to cinema, don't get a lot of things. So they have to kind of be mm-hmm. blunt about it. That's I why mean, they have to shoot things in a certain way. There was a scene when they're doing the interrogation and they're talking about his relationship with Gene and you have Emily Blunt as his current wife. You could tell Kitty she was sitting there. Pissed. Yeah, that scene, it was super awkward because they had Florence come back in and it was basically they were doing it in the chair and not really, but you know, like that's her she's imagining, imagining yes that part i was like this makes me uncomfortable but it's i understood that because that's how she was feeling in that moment she was so upset about having to relive it and like she said to him like now it's on the official record about right. what you did to her with her and what you did to me and that just bothered her and i could understand that perspective i was like I, you should feel awkward and uncomfortable in this moment because that's how she's feeling Can you imagine filming that scene like I mean, I'm sure not everybody Nolan's was in there. there. I'm, I'm sure it was just Florence. Yeah, like I'm sure it was I mean, a minimal. Florence, the yeah. dude, the Oppenheimer. Yeah. And uh, I don't 
don't even know if Emily Blunt had to be there and for that. Emily they could have just, just filmed her part separate, I'm sure. Yeah. You know? And again, Florence Pugh, I'm sure, was... But the people in the... You wouldn't could, do anything that she was uncomfortable you with. You could but. see the guys in the background, though. Mm-hmm. So they... But they could have added... Well, no, po- Christopher... Christopher Nolan doesn't do... No. They they had to do that. He doesn't do, do they had special... They yeah. had to be there for that. So he doesn't, shooting he doesn't that like to put scene, things together in posts like that, as he said. The, everything is practical. The, the special effects and everything, he's not Come down on, Chris, with it. Calm down. Like, so what did you think of the length of the movie? It was very long. Did you did it feel very long? I mean Keep in mind, let's take the part out that you were tired. If you yes, weren't tired I was you, feeling tired at the end. I and I did say to you right after the movie that because I was starting to get tired because it was so late. I was just, there were parts where I was like, are we done with his interrogation? We already know that they're not going to give him clearance again, that he's going to basically be like viewed as an enemy of the United States. Can we just wrap it up? Because I'd like to go home. I'm getting sleepy. But so, sorry, take, before, besides that, no, it, it, it had so much to cover. I guess right. that's why. That's why it was so long is because you're covering a period of time and you mm-hmm. have to fit everything in the story to, like, to make it, it ma- yeah, to explain yeah. it, to make it make sense. I personally didn't think the time was bad. Like from start to finish, I was captivated. Mm-hmm. I was so intrigued about the blast, about when this thing was going to go off and mm-hmm. how they were going to do it and how they were going to actually make that effect like hit you emotionally. Mm-hmm. And they did a great job. It was, what I really liked about the film, too, was it showed both sides of the coin. Like, yes. They're like, this is important for the war. And, you know, Oppenheimer was pointing out, like, some of his motivation was because he's Jewish. Mm-hmm. And, like, what Hitler was doing to all of the Jewish citizens in his country. It was, like, really messed up. So he had some motivation there. But then the war was kind of over. See, that's the thing. I don't think people understood that. Yeah. They were actually trying to build this thing for Hitler mm-hmm. because of what's going on two years with or the whatever. Jews and yeah. everything like that and the concentration camps. And then it just took so long to build mm-hmm. and the war was over. Mm-hmm. So that's how they used it on Hiroshima. 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 In Japan. And Nagasaki. Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Try saying that. Um... But that was very interesting, too, as they started all having these moments of... What are we doing? We're going to kill a lot of innocent people with this, and this doesn't seem like the best thing. And it was just interesting to have, you know, like Oppenheimer's basically like, I was hired to do a job, and I was there to do the research and follow the science to create this thing, and what they do with it, I don't have a say in that. That's not my decision. It's up to people who are, you know... And the, the military, you know. After they built it and after they turned it over, when Oppenheimer was talking to the general, he was like, can you keep me informed? Mm-hmm. And he said, yes, as much as I can. I feel like he was trying to keep his hand on the pulse mm-hmm. as much as he could, contain it. But he knew he he gave them a new toy. He gave the United States and everything yeah, a new toy you could tell that he had... He a lot had of- no control over. Yeah, there was a lot of mixed emotions for him about the entire thing. And I think really, truly at the beginning, it did seem like it was like, oh, this is a science thing. And could we create it? And are we able to? And then as it got closer and closer to being ready to go, that's when you start to say, like, wait a second. We're like, really doing this. This, this is, is actually a real happening. thing that's going to kill people. And it's very hard to swallow. And the most interesting scene, I swear, was the one where he meets Truman. 
Okay. And this was, and I couldn't believe when we read this was like a true interaction that happened with them where Oppenheimer gets to meet Truman and it's supposed to be this big accolade, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, you helped create the atomic bomb and what, not, what have you. And Oppenheimer's just like, you know, like I'm struggling with this. I feel like I have blood on my hands. And Truman like sarcastically gives him a handkerchief. And then when he leaves, he's just like, don't ever bring that crybaby back in here again. And that's, and that's a based real on thing. true facts. And that just blew your mind. Horrific. I mean, Truman was basically like, with me dropping this thing was on me. It wasn't about you. It's, it's on, on me. me. But I did that. But everyone who helped create that atomic bomb does have blood on their hands. When you think about it, because they, it's not like they made it and didn't know what it was going to be used for. They can't feign ignorance. It was very explicitly well, told to them we're going to be bombing whether it's hitler or now it's going to be japan but they knew that by the explosion size what they were creating they knew that innocent people were going to be killed because even oppenheimer's trying to say like you shouldn't drop well, it on this city because it's too densely populated in and, you every know. meeting that oppenheimer went to he did prove point out both sides he did he was yes. like this is what's going to happen this is what's going to happen and i respect that because he was trying to give everybody a full picture mm-hmm. on what was going to go on and mm-hmm. i respect that mm-hmm. but he knew at the end of the day he was paid for a job mm-hmm. and that's what he could do yeah i mean it's i'm not saying it's it is what it is with it but i think i would feel like i had blood on my hands if i created that well you're and actively developed it you're producing a bomb i yeah. think anybody in their right mind would say you know i'm producing a bomb that it's going to mm-hmm. kill millions of people what do you yes. think how do you think these big defense people contract people do today mm-hmm. we're building this weapon that is going to kill millions of people it was they said the final estimates may have been like two hundred and twenty thousand people but there's right? only yeah i it started out at seventy thousand. And then well, it, it grew because yeah, it grew. People died because of the radiation, radiation and the it. aftermath. But I mean, it was insane when we watched the actual the test too, because right. like you know it's gonna work, like you know it's gonna work because they they did it right. We're right. well past that point in history. But you know, is when you're sitting there, you have that moment where like you're like, is it gonna go off? You know, and they're I think not entirely That's the way sure. they planned it. Mm-hmm. I love it how. When they're like, uh, are the, they're talking about how far away they have to be back for the explosion. Mm -hmm. And then one of the guys like, is this a safe distance? And Oppenheimer looks at him and says, (laughs) they're off your calculation. So you tell us. You got to stand behind this, literally. Mm -hmm. And I think that was kind of like an oh shit moment for him. Like, oh, this is going to really happen. Mm -hmm. And if I'm wrong, we all could be fucked. Mm Mm-hmm. And it was so interesting, too, because, you know, they handed out, like, goggles or, like, shields so you could look at it. You know, uh-huh. like you would do if there's an eclipse, right? right. You don't want to stare directly at the sun or the explosion. But they're handing these out, and I know there was one where, like, two of the guys were in their car, and he's like, oh, the the windshield will protect me. And I'm just like, you're an idiot. Like, that's, that's not how windshields work. Like, you can clearly see through it. It's not going to protect the light. And then when you see them, like, squinting in there, I was just like, duh. duh. And but, for scientists... You shouldn't have known better. I don't think he was a scientist. I think he may have been. Was he a scientist? He was a scientist. Oh, good Lord. Yeah, you're an idiot. And then um, Do you... it, it was fascinating to me to see they're in these like brick, brick, like wooden structures that they built. 
And I'm like, I personally would probably feel uncomfortable being inside a wooden structure knowing the blast that's about to come towards me from yeah. this bomb. It stood. But then you had the other people who were out in the desert who literally, when it went off, laid on the ground. And they were told, when you see the light on the mountain, then you can turn around with your, like, goggles or, like, your, you know, yeah. the, the glass they gave you so you could look at it. And I'm just like, no, no. I do not want to be just sitting out in the open with this coming at me, not knowing what I'm going to be exposed to. Right. Or the how big the blast will be when right. it gets to me. But Well, when it, the initial blast went off, it went boom. And then the, they waited a while because the atomic part had to drop mm -hmm. and that's the part with that shocked everybody mm -hmm. and that when you're watching it it took your breath away mm -hmm. like it lit you literally felt like you were well, in there when at it, that moment in time the whole thing was the bomb so it right. all went down right and it all went off at once but you were so far away that it took that long for the air to, to reach, catch up the actual you. blast to reach you so you could see the explosion and it's almost over before you get the impact right. of it is, is what happened. Like, and Oppenheimer itself, he said this is a world killer. And let me ask you this question. How many times have a nuclear bomb went off in the history? Twice? I mean, I think it, we were the only ones official. Well, I don't know. What did Korea do? I don't know what Korea's been doing out there. But They've been testing it, I think. I but... think because in the story, Oppenheimer was like, nobody is going to want to use this. Mm-hmm. And I think we were the only country to actually ever pull well, that trigger. And then the problem was afterwards when they were talking about doing a hydrogen bomb, he did not want to pursue it, he said, because you're going to encourage everyone else to do it. Right. If we do it, they're all going to say, I have to have one because the United States has one. Mm -hmm. And that's going to lead to nuclear war. And that's what he was afraid of was everyone right. would be like, well, he has one and he has one. So I'm going to get one. To and now myself. I'm just going to go drop it on him because I know he has one. I don't want to drop it on me first. Right. That's what he was really concerned about, which An is a very, race. very valid point concern. And absolutely. absolutely if yes. the United States has something. Russia's gonna have to have one. China's gonna have one. All the all the superpowers in the world are going to have one mm -hmm. that feels safe. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, you know how Oppenheimer was like, we're gonna release a chain reaction with this weapon. Mm -hmm. I think they actually did that. Yeah. Like everybody has an atomic bomb. Mm-hmm. Well, he he really says that at the very end when we finally after the whole movie, right? to see what he and Einstein Him talked and Einstein about. Which, first of all, about. hello, Albert Einstein is in this movie. I was like, yeah, I guess, at, yes, they would be at the, the same, same time. time. But I don't know. It just seems like when you think about Albert I, Einstein, it older. just seems so long ago right. that he was around. And it really was not that long ago. Right. That's what I keep saying. This is not that it's long insane, ago in history. Yes. But when he finally talks to him, when we find out why Albert Einstein kind of was sullen when he walked away, because Oppenheimer's like, remember when I was concerned that we were going to destroy the whole world. I think we did, you know, and it's a very real thing. And obviously Einstein knew the impact of that too, but just to see Oppenheimer struggling with that, which he was not portraying to the public. And they talk about that in the movie that that wasn't the vibe he wanted to give out. He wanted to, he was on the Have the confidence and, and everything like that. Yeah, you have to but portray he wasn't confidence. feeling that way. Right. Yeah, he certainly did not feel that way it seems in his personal life and when he talked to other people about it and that's why they were getting so upset with him the government whatever because he was starting to be like we shouldn't be doing this i know i helped create this but and this i think that's why they were trying to 
make an example of him mm-hmm. because he just wouldn't shut up. Mm-hmm. And then the government doesn't like that. No. And can we talk about how many stars have in this picture? There are so many people how that we had no idea. People. Yeah, I just pulled up the cast. So, you know, Cillian was first of all insane. Like he's always brilliant whenever he's in. No idea Florence Pugh was gonna pop up and I be no that idea. Like of an important character in this movie. Robert Robert Downey Jr. You knew he was gonna be in there. Um, but to see again the makeup. The costuming, the sets. Right. It's Christopher Nolan, so of course he's not going to spare any expense. Right. Such a good job. And at the very least, I would expect this movie to get nominations for those particular Absolutely. things. Because After the strike and everything, this will get nominated. Sometimes, you know, when you like watch movies and they age people up, you're like, they kind of look like too old or whatever. Right. I think they did such a great job with each time period with these characters mm-hmm. and giving them just the right amount to make them look a little older, a little older older mm-hmm. still even to the final point when he gets the medal at the white house right and he didn't look like crazy old like inappropriately old to me or right. bizarre it was so well done right with that i just want to say and robert downey jr his character strauss it was the same way like just these little things they did to age him up mm-hmm. to the black and white scene it just so well done emily blunt and i i was like oh she's in this okay I'm going to come back to one character. Jack Quaid, who was in Scream. I didn't think he was famous enough to be in this. Scream 5. Well, the reboot, but you know, Scream 5. He's in The Boys on Amazon. He was in Scream 5. No idea he was about to pop up. Matt Matt, Matt Matt Damon. Damon. I was just like, okay, he's he's a major character in this. Um, Josh Peck, that's who we're talking about from Nickelodeon. Right. I can't believe he was in this. Yeah, no idea. And of course, Josh Hartnett, when he... Josh we Hartnett both were that like, blew me away. We were like, lean over. Is that Josh? That's Josh Hartnett. Did you know yeah. he was in this? I didn't know he, he was looks, in this. He looks so different in his older age. And the way they styled him, of course, because he's supposed to be a professor, a scientist, not only just a professor, but a scientist. So that was super important. Um, and then the biggest one that I really want to talk about is Rami Malik. Okay. Because first one, he popped up on screen for like, I didn't know he was in this. Right. He doesn't say a damn word. Right. You see the him. The first, like, three scenes he's in. He's in the background. He's literally getting crap. Thrown at him. Shoved at him. People are stealing pencils from him. They're ignoring him. They're bossing him around. They're being super rude. And then what does he do? He, he pops up at the very... And I I knew it. Like, when they were saying that they were bringing in Hill. And uh-huh. I was like, I don't know who this is. And I... David Hill is his name in the movie. I had no idea what his name was, right? Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, hell's going to be a shoe-in to make sure Strauss gets appointed uh-huh. to the cabinet. It's not a problem, whatever. And I'm like, I don't even remember which one Hill is. And then when he walked up, I was like, oh. And you and I literally were like, oh, does he get to talk now? Exactly. He's going to, we're going to hire him to do something. But in my head, I was like, he's going to be the problem for right. Strauss. And yeah. he is. He finally is just like, so the way you treat Oppenheimer was basically some garbage. Mm-hmm. And you should, you should not be on the cabinet. Right. Like, you shouldn't. This man, Strauss, he sucks. He's a bad right. person. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Oh, there's a bug. Okay. Anyway. I'm sorry. But yeah, he, he actually made the made him actually get his clearance back. If it wasn't for him, I don't think Oppenheimer would have no, actually. No, no, no. He didn't even get the clearance. Remember, it was like posthumously given to him. So he got the Medal of Honor. Right. But I don't 
they kind of didn't acknowledge that they really screwed up until he was dead and they're like oops so he got his clearance, read about that. he got his clearance back after he died i believe that's what they were saying because when they were i, the I took it is if it wasn't for this guy he wouldn't have gotten his clearance back let's see J. Robert Oppenheimer cleared of black mark after 68 years. Okay. So even though... It's on the he, New York Times. I was pretty sure they were saying he was dead before they were like, oh, our bad. So even though this guy testified on his behalf, he mm -hmm. still it took him 60 more years to actually give him back his clearance. Mm-hmm. So yeah. do you think they compensated his family for that? I have no idea if they did or not, but that's what they should have done. That's something I would so, like yeah, to find out. So yeah, he was... Yeah, because he lost it in 1954. Be just because of a vendetta. So he would have been 122 when they finally were like, oops. Oh. That's, so they gave him that Medal of Honor or whatever at the White House, but still haven't, hadn't cleared what they did to him. Right. Which right. is typical. We're kind of just scratching the surface on this movie. It's you can't really literally three hours long. What did you think of the way it was shot? Well, it's a Christopher Nolan film, so of course the. Uh, what's interesting is if you were to see a movie with Robbie, these are things that happen while we're watching these movies. Do you see the lighting in that? I look how that's lit. Do you see that? Well, I look how the, the angle this is. Look I how this is shot. Different angles and different. The, so the then I the, see stuff now, but yeah, the, the way the he scenes does. are lit. He literally leaned over and he's like, "Look at the like they were having a sex scene between." You know, your, uh, the few girl and Oppenheimer, mm -hmm. Florence Hugh, and I was like, look at the way this scene is lit. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, this is what I'm noticing in this scene. Mm -hmm. But you're a nerd. It it was driving an emotional response, mm -hmm. and that's the way they were lighting it. No, the lighting and really and truly the angles. So when he's being interrogated, the way they did the different angles was always super interesting to me to show the tables. Mm -hmm. And then they would do angles where, like, you could see, like, his face and then whoever, the back of whoever was talking. Right. That they, was always interesting to me to see, like, this is basically from, like, his perspective. Right. Yeah. I, those, it, he's, it's a it's very interesting well thought movie. out. Christopher well Nolan is really a good director, producer. Clearly. He, he literally he's, thinks about every step in the way yes. of his movies. He is definitely... Um, he'll get an Oscar for this movie. Yeah, I'm After trying to the think strike, of the word I want to use. Like he's he'll get he's, he's like a, a bit uh he's a magician, not magician. No, I want to use a word that's kind of rude, but not to be super rude to Christopher Nolan. Like he's obviously a genius, but I feel like like Christopher Nolan knows he's a genius when he does stuff. You know, like my film is better than your film because he's Christopher Nolan. Because I'm Christopher Nolan. I feel like there's that vibe with Christopher Nolan. You know, and I'm not saying he didn't earn it because of. The movies he's created but i feel like that's the way christopher nolan comes across like a right. little bit you know like yeah well my movie is gonna be amazing because it's I'm me. christopher nolan he's kind of a snob then yes i film my movies in a fancy imax that only like five people can go and see at the fancy imax because nobody has this imax theater in their states you can go see it however you want but i recommend that right. you go to this fancy schmancy IMAX theater out of the that picture. nobody has anywhere near them in America. But okay, Christopher Nolan. We did not see it in the fancy IMAX because we don't have one in our area. So would you see this movie again if you had to? If if I was like gun to my head? 
if you were gonna go no, see I'm a new movie. No, I mean I would see would it again. Would you see it again? I feel like there's probably things we you could pick up on from the story just from having watched the whole story and then you right. go back to the beginning again, things to look out for. But yeah, there's definitely I'm sure little things that you miss just trying to keep everything straight with what's going on with right. him. Right. And like the whole time, okay, he kept talking to this blonde woman, right? Who was married to another scientist, and he seemed very friendly with her. All the way at the end of the movie, they're like, oh, her husband died, and they're saying he died of a broken heart because he knew you were having an affair with her. And he's like, oh, that's incorrect. He didn't know. And I was like, what? Because. You didn't know that. You didn't grab They were that. very friendly. Don't get me wrong. But I wouldn't have. I just assumed they were friendly. I Florence did not. Florence Pugh, and then. Florence Pugh. Pugh. She was blatant because they had Florence Pugh, her boobs all over the screen. So right. I knew that. And obviously then he had an affair with um, uh, this other chick. Um, Her name was Kitty. Was that her character name? Oh, it's going to it's going to bother me that I can't remember. There were so many people in this movie. Um, yeah, Kitty. Yeah, because he married her. Yes. But he, he knocked yes. her up before they got married. Yes. And then he goes to Florence Pugh and he's just like, yeah, I can't see anymore because, you know, now I'm going to have a baby with and this other he, lady. And then while he's with Kitty, he has another affair. So I like... I did not pick up that the blonde woman he was talking to, you he, didn't was know he was banging in the background. her? Of course he was. No, I thought they were friends. And I am naive because clearly Oppenheimer... Was just was doing people. the most. Like my, my buddy Hamilton that I just watched for... Well, <laughs> the we put the, I mean, we put celebrities on a pedestal and we think, oh, they can't do any wrong. No. But they're humans. They're human beings. I mean, yeah. you get to actually see did, the I mean. inside and out, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think this show works so well. Yeah. I, I also like the fact that we got to see what happens after the blast, after the bomb drops. You know, what happens mm -hmm. to this guy? Why don't we get get to talk about him in history mm -hmm. why don't we talk about oppenheimer and ivan yeah and, I, and einstein all in the same and in i school. guess it's because they disparaged his name so much right They're like oh he's a traitor to the country and now we know that's not the i case. mean we learned about einstein and thomas edison in school mm -hmm. but how who talks about Oppenheimer? And that's what's so interesting. And again, I'm so sorry to keep preambling Hamilton, but it, we just did this for the Pixie Dust Twins. It's in my mind. But these are the conversations we were having about historical figures, right? Mm -hmm. When you're in school, like, it's just kind of dip. I'm sure there's teachers out there who don't make it boring. But reading about someone in a textbook is boring. And the people who put together the textbook ultimately form your opinion of these people. Right. But there's so much goodness to having these artistic things available whether it's a movie or a musical that teaches you about the true history the good the bad the ugly that they don't what want you to know really were and it makes them more of a human and can make you appreciate what they did or didn't do yes oppenheimer kind of sucks in his personal life i don't enjoy what he did to anybody he was intimate with in any shape or form but he was a and genius what, and making the atomic bomb that's kind of a shitty thing to have done but it is what it is and somebody and had know, to do it but we know why he did it i'm not saying like there's a gray area there it's so not why did he, he his motivation was for the nazis and to do that and the science and the science behind it yes i'm because not you it's can not only go so far yeah with theoretic theoretical yes. stuff
That's what I'm saying. It's not certainly not a black and white issue. And I would never just be like, oh, he's a shitty person because he made the atomic bomb. There's a lot more to it than that. If they didn't get Oppenheimer, they would have gotten somebody else. Mm -hmm. And when the United States wants something to happen, they get it done. Mm -hmm. One thing I thought was funny is um, they fired some guy from the on the project and uh, Matt Damon's character is a general at this. And they're like. How are you going to keep him from talking? And yes. Matt Damon's like, oh, we're going to have him killed. And he's like, oh, I'm joking. But a part of me is like, no. That could have been. I he's, mean, he's done. You, it's hard to he say. He wanted to get off this project. They're going to clip him. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that was a joke. It's hard to say with the government what they do so, or do not do. But, yeah. How would you rate this movie? Ten being the overall best movie you've ever seen. What would you give it? I mean... Probably a 9 out of 10. I would give it about a 9 out of 10. Yeah. I wanted to see it because of the hype and what everybody was saying about it, but I wanted to form my own opinion. I did not see any criticism or anything like that. I wanted to go in there with an open mind. It's got amazing And see what was going on. Mm -hmm. And from the moment we sat down to the moment we ended, honestly, I could have rewatched it that same night. I would have been exact tired. But that's how much I liked it. Mm-hmm. After when the credits came on, I was like, that was exhilarating. And it's something we haven't talked about too much on your show, but maybe consider. Like, we kind of brought up at the beginning of the trailer for this. Yeah. So sometimes when we're looking at movies, most of the time when we're looking at movies, like we look at the trailers, right? Uh-huh. Like you said, we don't read reviews, right? Because right. we don't care what anyone else thinks because we'll like it or we won't like it. Right. That's it. But like this one... The trailer, like, Christopher Nolan knows how to put together a good trailer to make right. you interested. Like, you don't totally understand what the movie is about necessarily or know the entire plot. But it's enough that makes you say, like, that seems like it probably would be an interesting well, story. Like, I'm intrigued to find out maybe more about what's going on. And some trailers are just garbage right? Well, out there. And this is not one that had a terrible trailer. You can sell a whole movie off of a trailer. Yeah, really. Even though some of the best parts of the movie is the trailer, mm-hmm. that's how movies make money sometimes. Mm-hmm. They make pre-sales from the from trailers. trailers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's something we'll start talking about later, the trailer, pre-sales, all that. Mm-hmm. Later we get down the line in this show. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah. So our recommendation, definitely go see Oppenheimer. It's fun. You, It's... Uh, historic you learn a lot from it mm-hmm. bring the whole family mm-hmm. maybe not people under the age of 17 i don't know if i would yeah, bring some, children to there's this some thing. nudity in there well not just because of the nudity but i don't think i would bring children because it's a heavy subject right and i don't know that i would want a child trying to decipher the entire meaning of this atomic right. bomb and there are some gnarly scenes in there where he's picturing what is going on to these people that just got bombed yeah in Japan. and people's skin is falling off and it's and, horrific and but stepping it's on the truth carcasses and everything it's so the it truth is about what happened so yeah that for that reason i would maybe be like not children but like teenagers i feel like could get something out of it learning yeah. a real historical thing right about what happened it is pretty important. gnarly yeah yeah mm-hmm all right, guys. Well, thank you. This yep. uh, this show was sponsored by, this episode was sponsored by the Pixie Dust Twins. Ooh. 
So go check them out. They're Please. produced by Limitless Broadcasting and 1950 Studios. Mm-hmm. Wherever you get your podcasts, if you're a Disney fan, you're going to love that. Mm-hmm. Please like, subscribe, and leave a comment for mm-hmm. this one, Robbie's Reviews. Um, yeah, and we'll let you know the next next review we're going to do. But please follow us on yes. Instagram. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Robbie right. Reviews Movies. Yes. Robbie Reviews Movies. At uh, Robbie Reviews Movies. On no Instagram. Mm-hmm. So thank you for checking us out. We'll see you on the next episode. Bye. Bye. Hasta la vista, baby. Robbie Reviews is hosted by Robbie Brooksby as part of the Limitless Broadcasting Network. Post-production and intro by Sammy Brooksby. Follow the show on Instagram at Robbie Reviews Movies. Check out the other shows on our network by following at Limitless Broadcasting on Instagram and at 1950 Studios on TikTok. See you next time. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.